The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group, Ohio. This hour is sponsored by Sim Trainer. This is WHIO's consumer warrior, Clark Howard. Beware scam artists in Dayton. I'll find you out. This is WHIO meteorologist, Kirsty Zantini. If weather breaks this hour, we will break it. And you're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Good afternoon and welcome to this cloudy Saturday afternoon broadcast of Shooting from the Hip. I am Mark Avery. I'll be your host today. Jeff is uh, on the phone and will be with us momentarily. And uh, I am really glad that you've been able to join us today. This is uh, getting close to next week being our 10th anniversary of being on the air. We're in the end, very end of our 10th year at Shooting from the Hip. And we're really glad that a lot of you have been here from the very beginning uh, but those of you who have joined us after that, we're really glad to have you along with us. It's been quite an interesting ride, and there's a whole lot more that we have yet to talk about before we're done. Shooting from the Hip is brought to you by Sim Trainer, Dayton area's first indoor range and firearms training center. You'll find us at 2031 Dryden Road, which is just south of the river across the street from the DPNL maintenance yard. If you have uh, questions or would like more information about what goes on at Sim Trainer, maybe you'd like to come shoot, uh, you can call the range at 293-3914. That's area code 937-293-3914. And we'll be glad to uh, answer any questions you have. Or you can go to our website at sim-trainer. That's sim-trainer.com. And much of the information about things that are going on at Sim Trainer you'll find there including uh, tomorrow we have a basic handgun class. If you have been looking to get your concealed carry license, that is by far the best way to get started. We have a training pass of that we started at the end of last year. It's been extremely popular. The training pass includes the basic handgun class, the concealed carry class, which will be next Saturday, and also the ammunition that you need for both classes, plus a three-month membership to the range so that you can come back and practice. It's a super deal. Basically, it costs the same as the two classes alone would cost. And so if you'd like to get in on that deal as well, particularly if you haven't yet figured out what gun is the right gun for you, and you know that it's, it's time for you to start looking at concealed carry, uh, being prepared to take care of yourself in the event that there is a, a, a deadly situation and you want to find out not only the best procedures and legal issues and, and the practical issues associated with carrying that we do in the concealed carry class, but also know that you have found the firearm that is the right firearm for you. The training pass is a great way to get both the basic handgun and concealed carry classes in. So call the range at 293-3914 and we'd be glad to get you signed up for that. Uh, for both classes as well as the pass. If you're interested in joining this show, we'd love to have you do that. Call the studio at 457-1290 and we'll get you up on the board. 457-1290 is uh, the way to get into the master control suite and we'll get you up on the list of calls and we'll get a little bit of information what you'd like to talk about. And hopefully some of the things that we talk about now will be uh, things that you might want to chime in on as well. So uh, speaking of chiming in, let me go out and find Jeff. Jeff, are you with me? 
Yes, I am, Mark. Hey. Thanks for uh, thanks for holding the fort down there, and uh, that lead-in with uh, the training pass is kind of a the perfect uh, send-off for what I wanted to talk about today. For the last uh, oh, probably two weeks, I've been following with some uh, anxious and um, uh, what's the word I want to use? I was curious about some of the threads online relative to police uh, or, or to firearms training and experience, and I wanted to start off today's show just by talking about we're coming up on our 15-year anniversary being in business. And over the years in classes, you and I, when we ask people, you know, what is your experience with firearms? We've learned probably from the first couple weeks of doing the classes that we're going to accept or expect virtually a variety of responses. And I just wanted to go over a few and talk about the significance and the, the, the maybe the misunderstanding some people have. One of the first things I do, and I know you do also, is ask people, you know, tell us a little bit about your experience with handguns. And we hear things like, well, um, I was in the military, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Another response we hear is that I've been around guns all my life. My dad had guns, my brothers had guns, and guns were always around. And then we hear, uh, I've been hunting all my life. Um, and uh, I just qualified last year. Um, and then we also, I have my CCW, for those who already had the um, the CCW class, those are the responses we hear when we ask what their experience is with handguns. And quite frankly, none of those responses answer the question. Matter of fact, we've learned um, over the years that it just begs a more thorough inquiry. And I, I want to mention that because there's a lot of people out there um, in Ohio. I think we're just short of 700,000 people who have obtained their concealed handgun licenses in uh uh, the last 15 years since the law went into effect in 2004. And um, from our estimations, talking to people, many of those people shoot little or no, 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 no shooting after they get their concealed handgun license, yet they continue to carry their gun um, in, in the event that something happens. And they're certainly entitled to do that. Um, but we just want to, I want to raise kind of a conscious awareness of the difference between experience and training and how critical it is for people to have a thorough understanding of exactly the situation they're in. So if I can go back and, and just uh, uh, mention or, or add a little bit more detail, the one that got me the most and that required a lot of uh, um, thought, and I know Mark and I have talked about this, is when I hear people say, quote, I was in the military, unquote. Well, I have two brothers, and I've talked to you, Mark, about this, and both of my brothers got actively deployed at various points in their careers, ranging in time from uh, the three-year limp point to the 11-year tough point, and neither of them had fired a gun um, since they were in basic training. And the one was told, here's your M16, here's two magazines. When you get over to Bahrain, uh, hook up with some of the guys over there in the unit and let them uh, uh, show you how to shoot, and it'll all come back to you. Uh, we don't really have the time to do anything with it, and that's it. And then he got out of the military, and he was just recently asking me, if his uh, military service was going to be uh, satisfactory for him to obtain his concealed handgun license. And I explained to him the certain documentation you had to have, but I, I spent more time explaining to him the need for him to get training with handguns and then also get a thorough foundation on the concealed uh, carry law in Ohio before he even started going down that road. And, and Mark, I want to, at this point, just give you the opportunity because you, you're, you're retired military and you were around a lot of people, and I know you probably have some feelings relative to that particular issue. Oh, yeah. the uh, Well, I was in information systems. They didn't let us have guns. I mean, anybody who's used a computer would understand why. 
So I wasn't I you wasn't armed with that computer, by the way. <laughs> well, the computer might have been at risk uh, from one time at another, uh, just simply because they can be pretty frustrating and sometimes they just simply refuse to get fixed. Uh, but seriously, um, I had uh, orientation with firearms when I was in ROTC summer camp and I was never uh, while on active duty, had a chance when anything that I did required uh, the use of a firearm or, or carrying of a firearm as part of my regular duties. That changed a lot with 9-11. And m with all the deployments that have happened, even in the Air Force, people are qualified much more regularly with both handguns and long guns than they were when I was on active duty 20 plus years ago. So um I don't have immediate reg, you know, current experience other than talking to some of the folks, realizing that they do have to qualify. And we've also seen some people come to the range who were going to be deployed and had experienced that same problem that you described, not ever having used a firearm since maybe basic training or maybe interim uh, training that would they would have had and then they're going to be deployed and they know they're going to have to qualify and they're concerned about that maybe the gun doesn't fit and they have to adapt things to make it work to them uh, which is a is a pretty common problem especially with some of the smaller now that we have um, a, uh, a very much a mixed gender uh, force there's a lot of women that are also carrying firearms and some of those firearms weren't really designed with the smaller shooter in mind so um, knowing how to adapt for that, knowing what things to ask for in order to make sure that they have the equipment that's well-suited for them. That's all really important stuff. And again, the, the main thing that we cover in our concealed carry class is not about shooting, which is why we so much encourage people to have a basic handgun or a basic fundamentals of how to operate, how to safely use uh, the functional operation of their of their chosen self-defense firearm before they come to the concealed carry class, because our focus there is much more about the moral, ethical, legal, uh, practical, and uh, just the general, what is it going to do? What is the mental preparation for the violent encounter going to be that makes you able to be able to do what you need to do in that time of ultimate stress? So learning well, you know, how... Enough, enough. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, all those points absolutely relevant. And, and the one thing that I, I add when I ask that question, I say, let me define experience for you. I ask people, how many of you that say your experience right now could go out onto the range, take your pistol, usually a semi-automatic pistol, load it, charge it, shoot five rounds at a target that's about six inches um, in, in circumference, that's 15 feet away, make uh, all those shots, and then safely unload the gun and put it in a safe condition on the bench? And usually the majority of those people, they start looking at each other. And if six or eight or 10 initially said they were experienced, they basically in their mind made up their mind that, well, if that's the definition of experience, I'm not putting my hand up and only two or three will put their hand up. And then we talk about the difference between, you know, some of their belief systems, experience, and then ultimately training, which is where I kind of wanted to go with this. And, and when we talk about training, we're looking at um, getting people to a level of confidence and competence. And those are two key words personal confidence, and individual competence, being able to do it well and having faith that they'll be able to do it well, especially under adverse circumstances. So we talk about training. We're talking about safe handling of guns and ammo. We're talking about mastering the operation of the gun. They know how to load it. They know how to charge it, unload it, make it safe. They can accurately fire the gun. They can clear malfunctions if they occur. 
They know how to carry the gun in a holster, and they can draw and reholster the gun, along with a variety of other skills. But those are the key areas um, that we feel that are important, and that's where we spend a lot of our time. And we tell people advanced training. We do a series of advanced, uh, five advanced handgun classes, and we tell them advanced training is nothing more than uh, mastering those fundamentals under increasingly challenging circumstances. And then that's where they start to get a little curious and say, well, what do you mean by increasingly challenging circumstances? Well, we tell them we're going to put them under a little bit of prefabricated stress. Now, in some of the classes, that's simply shooting around the barricade because all they've ever done is go into a range and shot in an open environment, never had a barricade in front of them, never really thought about how they're going to navigate around a barricade or why a barricade is ever is even necessary. Or we might put them in a different position, like we have them seated in a chair where they have to draw their gun and shoot. Of course, we train them to do that, but these are some of the um, different circumstances we're talking about. Or we have them shoot, instead of always shooting at a, a paper target 15 feet away that, that uh, doesn't move, we, we teach them how to shoot at pop-up targets and moving targets, and we teach them how to move. We turn down the lighting, so we teach them how to shoot in low-level light environments. Again, they still have to provide the basic or be able to master and apply the basic fundamentals, but we're putting them under increasingly challenging circumstances. And something that Mark and I do very well, and we know we do it very well because people tell us, is there's occasions when they do things that they shouldn't do and we yell at them a little bit, not to humiliate them, but to add a little bit more prefabricated stress and to get them to work through whatever problem they're having to overcome the, the, the problem and then continue to, to do successful things. Because we tell them, if you're nervous about me or Mark yelling at you behind your shoulder, the nervousness that you're going to have in a real-life situation is tenfold that. So you really need to get yourself used to operating periodically in that environment. We, that yeah, absolutely right, and and we have taken a little bit of that off of some of the concealed carry. Some of the people that may have been in our earlier concealed carry classes, if they had a magazine run dry, uh, they might get some of that prefabricated stress. And we kind of have backed off a little bit on that in the concealed carry class. But it's really important to understand that you need to learn how to deal with that kind of stress and learn how to fight through whatever it is that's going on in your head and be able to focus on the objective, take care of whatever needs to be taken care of at that moment when it seems like the, it could be the last thing in your life. Obviously, nobody's going to die in our classes. That's not the kind of stress we're talking about. But the need to be able to handle that stress and do what's absolutely necessary at that point, that doesn't just come by thinking about it. You have to actually go through that and practice those skills and practice those uh, techniques so that you can do them without even having to think about them so that when your brain is focused on what the threat is, all the rest of that can happen automatically simply because you decided to do it. Jeff, we're going to take our right, first you know, break. We're going to take our first break for the hour, um, and we'll be uh, right back after this. We've also got a caller on the line. I'm really glad that he's been willing to hold on. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hi, this is Larry Hanskin. As you may well know by now, I threw out all my brushes and rollers years ago. I will never lift a paintbrush again because of university painters. At one point in time, I actually thought I could paint. No way, though. Not ever again. A professional paint job really makes a difference. And I can see the results every day throughout my home living room, family room, even my man cave basement. So when I needed the exterior of my home painted this year, do you think I went shopping for ladders? No, I did what you should do. 
I called Chris at University Painters, 630-3800. Chris came out, gave me a complete estimate, and got me on the schedule. Uh, speaking of which, the schedule's filling up, so you need to call Chris yourself at 630-3800 and get your free estimate and take advantage of the spring special of 50% off all paint and materials. Have your home really pop after the toll weather's taken on it and leave the scraping, the patching, the caulking, and, of course, the painting to the pros. My friends at University Painters. Call today, 630-3800, or go on Online universitypainters.com. Hi, Pete Kasuja here in Old North Dayton, where my wife Shirley and I started our garden center in 1963, and now we have customers who come to us every year from Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. The reason for such loyalty is because they know that we have thousands of shade trees, fruit trees, weeping trees, dwarf trees, evergreens, and flowering shrubs, all ready to load. We also have 16 greenhouses where we grow thousands of bonsai trees and indoor plants and garden plants, berry and fruit plants, and don't forget our green mat grass seed. So today, mow in May. We're about a mile east of the Stanley Avenue exit on I-75, so come out to 1309 Brant Pike and be dazzled. Have you been thinking about retiring? It could be the most important decision of your life. Tune in to Russell Total Wealth Radio, Saturdays at 1 p.m. right here on WHIO for answers to your questions about how to maximize your money during retirement and learn strategies about minimizing your taxes. Get the facts and learn about all of your options. Tune in to Russell Total Wealth Radio, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO part of our Ask the Expert weekends. The Dayton Gun Show returns to the Montgomery County Fairgrounds Event Center this weekend. Always on target with discount prices on everything you need for the shooting sports and self-defense. Saturday 9 to 5, Sunday 9 to 4. Free parking. Children under 12, free with adult. Buy, sell, and trade at the Dayton Gun Show, Montgomery County Fairgrounds Event Center this weekend. Advanced tickets, admission coupon, and more info at cegunshows.com. That's cegunshows.com. See you there. Ohio's most iconic show, WKRP in Cincinnati, now plays on MeTV, WHIO Classic Television Channel 7.2. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. WKRP in Cincinnati. Weeknights at 9.30. Savings are blooming this season during Cedar Hill Furniture's annual springtime sales event, your hometown destination for quality name brand furniture for less. Springtime savings event going on now. At Cedar Hill Furniture, you're gonna love Fog and rain showers expected as we go into the afternoon, lasting into the evening. Highest totals expected towards the south of I-70. High temperature today, 63 degrees. Partly cloudy and eventually clearing as we go into the overnight hours. We could start off Sunday morning with some fog, then mostly sunny and a high near 70 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Dayton and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. And our Ask the Expert weekends, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to the show. This is Mark Avery with Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip. And uh, we have Bruce on the call, on the uh, line, who's called in. And Bruce, welcome to the show. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you on this fine day? Excellent. 
had the occasion to appear before the Federalism Committee of the House of Representatives in Columbus on Wednesday, testifying in favor of constitutional carry. We had a lot of good speakers. Um, what started off as something was supposed to be an hour, about an hour and a half long, ended up going over three hours. Sounds like they, they had some us, questions. Yeah, they told us we could have five minutes at the podium. I was at the podium for about 25 minutes. And we covered the mutt. I think it went very well. It was very well received by most members of the committee. The chair, Representative Becker, really good guy, and he's strongly on our side. All went very well. I think we made a very good case. They're going to have more proponent testimony next Wednesday at 9 o'clock in the State House again, and I'm hoping to make that one. What were some of the questions that they had uh, about constitutional carry or well, uh, related issues? Probably the largest question that came up and was most repeated was, should there be any training requirements mandated by the law? And we had some very good discussions on that. I am all in favor of people being trained. Likewise. But I am, I am very much against it being state-mandated training. This How did they respond to, be, to that? Well, they were pretty open to it once we explained why. You know, this is supposed to be a constitutional right, and one question I posed directly to the panel was, how many other rights do we have out there that we have to pre-qualify before we can exercise? When was the last time you had to go to seminary before you could attend church? When's the last time I had to take a journalism class before I wrote a letter to the editor? Exactly. And one of the opposition representatives made it a point to try to nail me down on a couple of spots. They tried to corner me, but that's not my first rodeo appearing before these people. (laughs) And pretty much handed him his nose. Well, it, the, well, the we, thing I, is, we've got the Mark, facts on our side. Let me just interject a minute. Yeah, go ahead. But yeah, let me just interject a minute. One of, the, one of the things they should have realized early on is trying to put a mic in front of Bruce and uh, expect him to limit it to five minutes is like doing the same with me and you. That's impossible. <laughs> and the, the, main reason, the main reason for that is people who have factual information have information that they can talk and deliver a lot of uh, um, you know realistic information in a in an extended period of time period of time. Whereas people who don't know a whole lot about what they're talking about, they have to struggle to fill those five minute blocks. Well, they've got their and talking points. Interesting. That's exactly right. They they deliver their talking points and then they're done. There's no introspection. There's not much uh, thought that goes into what they say. But I'm I'm glad Bruce that you're a you're a major a proponent for this. You've been not only for a constitutional carry but a lot of different things. And you, you described it as you handed it in his nose, but I'm sure a lot of people sat back in their chair and said, this man knows what he's talking about, and he taught me a lot. And that's the key point I want people to understand about you and about people that go up there and take the time to let their opinions be known. Well, there were two Democrat representatives over there who did everything they could to pull us off the train track, so to speak. They tried to deflect and tried to get us to lose our focus. And personally, I was not going to have it. I started my my presentation off to them with one question, why are we even having this conversation? And they looked at me like, what? I said, I'll answer my own question. We're having this conversation because we, the people, were too apathetic over time so as to allow these representatives to infringe upon our rights a little bit here, a little bit there, a death by a thousand cuts. And that's why we're where we're at today. Now we're going to go back and take our rights, and I reminded them of their oaths of office. I read them the Second Amendment. I read them Article 1, Section 4 of the state constitution regarding the right to bear arms. 
and we had a very, very good discussion. I'll bet I fielded 30 questions while I was up there at the podium. That's really excellent. Uh, so and when did you say the next hearing is? The next hearing is at 9 o'clock on Wednesday, and uh, I believe it's room 121 in the State House. It will be before the same committee, which is chaired by Representative Becker, and he's a very fair man, he's a very knowledgeable man, and he's really easy to get along with. He does very good. Now, the way this all went, at the end of my time, we, I closed my argument and all the questions were done. And they dismissed me from the podium. Virtually every pro-gunner in the room gave me a standing ovation. That's and really cool. Representative Becker was on the gavel right now because that's not, it's not proper protocol. No. He was banging the gavel away and having people be quiet, and so we got him quieted down. I went back. We had several more speakers. When it was all said and done, I had the occasion to speak with Representative Becker privately, and he told me he actually apologized for having the gavel people applauding. Yeah. And then he leaned over and said, I wanted to join him. Yeah, that's and that is really kind of cool um, that we're on that place. But we are out of time. For this time, we need to head out into the news. This is Mark Avery and Jeff Pedro for Shooting from the Hip. It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather and traffic, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it. Fox News, I'm Debbie Handley. One body has been recovered and two workers are presumed dead in an explosion at a Chicago silicone plant overnight. The NTSB investigating why a Boeing 737 plane skid off a runway at a naval air station in Jacksonville, Florida. There were no fatalities. Uh, the, uh, there were minor injuries to some personnel. Uh, the last uh, count was 21 personnel, minor uh, injuries in terms of you know, bumps and bruises, but no broken bones that I'm aware of. Captain Mike Connor says 143 were on board. South Korea reports several projectiles launched by North Korea. This is from Ben Sass of the Select Committee on Intelligence. Kim's provocations after his summit with Putin tell you all you need to know about North Korea's commitment to denuclearization and about Putin's desire for peace. Fox News. Sim Trainer is the Dayton area's premier indoor shooting range and firearms training facility. Sim Trainer is a members only facility featuring 10 individual shooting stalls and a mechanical target retrieval system. Their range is also climate controlled for your year round comfort. Sim Trainer offers both pay as you go and year long individual and family memberships. They're also proud to offer reduced rate memberships for law enforcement and military. Need training? Sim Trainer holds unique and innovative firearms training courses, including the award winning first shots program, a concealed carry course, and an advanced five-course handgun series. Sim Trainer is open Monday through Sunday. Check the website sim-trainer.com to find out more or call 293-3914. Sim Trainer, the Dayton area's premier indoor shooting range and firearms training facility, 2031 Dryden Road in Moraine, just across from DPNL. Online at sim-trainer.com. 
Are you a Battelle associate and concerned about the changes happening in June to your lump sum pension? Well, don't fall victim when these changes occur. Several critical interest rates will be announced in the upcoming weeks. When these rates go up, it could cost you twenty-five, fifty, even $75,000 of your hard-earned money. Learn the facts about your lump sum pension. Call Mike Martinez, president of the Pension Group, to discover how these rate changes could affect your retirement pension income. 844 844- 492-4600. You can also join their upcoming workshop Wednesday, May 8th at Dare Dutchman in Plain City. For more information about this event and to reserve your seat, call now 844-492-4600. Get the facts about your pension Wednesday, May 8th at Dare Dutchman in Plain City, 844-492-4600 or online at thepensiongroup.com. Investment advisory services offered through the Pension Group. Neither Michael Martinez nor the Pension Group have any affiliation with any company and or Battelle, Battelle Memorial Institute, or their affiliates. Fog and rain showers expected as we go into the afternoon, lasting into the evening. Highest totals expected towards the south of I-70. High temperature today, 63 degrees. Partly cloudy and eventually clearing as we go into the overnight hours. We could start off Sunday morning with some fog, then mostly sunny and a high near 70 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. This is Clark Howard here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Did you know you can get our latest news flash briefing on your smartphone or iPhone? Use the Google Assistant app and say, play WHIO News. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to the show. This is Mark Avery for Shooting from the Hip. Again, glad that you've been able to join us. It's now starting to rain a little bit here. I'm watching the green head across the radar, and it looks like you're going to be seeing a lot more if you're here in the Dayton area with us. Uh, but that's not a problem. We uh, we uh, can use the rain. We've had, obviously, a little bit more rain than usual for this time of year. But uh, so far, we're, we're doing okay. We're glad that you're with us today. If you'd like to be part of the show, call the studio at 457-1290. Uh, before we had a break, we were talking a couple of things. Uh, the co- uh, constitutional carry question. Again, there's a, a hearing next week. Uh, so if you have an opportunity to get to Columbus for that, uh, that, that's great. The more people that we have uh, actively participating and paying attention and being heard, uh, we advocate that repeatedly. You're, if you're uh, your senator and your congressman uh, in your state representative and state senator don't know your name, then there's something that you need to do about that. They should, uh, they should recognize uh, that you have been contacting them and letting them know what you think about issues. Uh, maybe you don't agree with the idea of constitutional carry. That's fine, too. Um, we obviously think that constitutional carry is something that is not only long overdue, it's actually something that was taken away, it was written that way on purpose and for a good reason. Uh, it's something that we need to restore here, and it's something that has been restored in many places across the country. I think it is a trend that you will see uh, sweep across the nation much in the same way that concealed carry did, and much in the same way as concealed carry. There are some states that are going to uh, not really go there. They might call it that, and it won't be what it really is. Uh, I think probably the more accurate description is permitless carry, being able to carry concealed, being able to carry on your person in a way uh, that is that, that is discreet. That's my per- per- preferred term for it. 
but to do so without having to get the permission of anyone. Um, but the question then is, should training be required? And I think the answer is absolutely yes. I agree with Bruce that it's not the business of the government to dictate what that training should be. But just as you would never consider uh, getting behind any sort of uh, uh, something that could cause serious bodily harm and and then operate it without any sort of training or orientation is a bad idea. And particularly something that operates at a distance as a firearm does, that is something that training is absolutely critical. And part of the reason why Sim Trainer was even started, why Jeff opened Sim Trainer back now almost 15 years ago, was so that law-abiding citizens could get the same quality and level of training that law enforcement gets with respect to the use of handguns. Don't let anyone be confused that I'm saying that this is the same as police academy. That is not what I'm saying. But in terms of the quality of handgun training that is available and also rifle uh, and shotgun, if that's uh, your preference, we, we handle all of those as well. But in terms of the quality of training, you're not going to get better training. It's it, the, the advanced handgun series that Jeff was talking about. He was describing the, the content of some of the various classes. The other couple of classes that we have are how do you manage shooting in low-level light? Uh, what does that mean? And that includes sometimes target identification, making sure that there really is a threat before you deploy deadly force. Uh, and then what happens in the spontaneous assault situation, which is perhaps the most common way that uh, the average civilian would have to use deadly force in self-defense is in a very quick response situation up close and personal, what I sometimes describe as bad breath range out to maybe 10 feet or so. Um, that's the kind of thing that until you've had a chance to actually do those and do them under a controlled environment and do them safely, and then you can begin to practice those skills, that's, that's really the best way to prepare for that situation that you can't anticipate. You don't know when it's going to happen. It's like you don't put your seatbelt on in your car because you think you're going to have an accident. You just know it's possible, and therefore it's time to be prepared. That's kind of our philosophy at Sim Trainer as well. And I talked about our training pass at the beginning of the show where if you are looking to get your concealed handgun license, the best way to do that is to get the firearms training first with a basic handgun, figure out what the right firearm is for you, and then go to the concealed carry class and learn the rest of what it means to carry deadly force and to be prepared for a situation that you definitely don't want to occur, but you know it possibly could and you want to be prepared for that and to be able to deal with it as effectively as possible. That is the, the training pass. Well, we also have training pass plus, which gives you all five of our advanced handgun series classes, normally $100 a piece, plus a one-year individual membership, which is normally $250. So that's $750 worth of training and membership that you get for just the $500. So you can think of it as a, the you know a one-year annual membership plus all the training at half price, uh, the training at the regular price and a free annual membership, whatever way you want to look at it, it's a really good way to not only get the training that you need, but then also have an opportunity to practice what you've learned and practice perfectly with a purpose. You've heard practice makes perfect. No, it doesn't. It just makes permanent. 
But if you want to make sure that your practice is correct, that you're practicing perfect technique, the mastering marksmanship fundamentals, barricade and positional shooting, uh, moving and shooting classes, low-level light classes, and spontaneous assault class, great way to do that. Um, there's actually a pretty good article that Jim Irvine from Buckeye Firearms Association wrote that just came up on the website within the last week talking about uh, 2019 being a good time for some great training, and it is. And uh, I was down at the Tactical Defense Institute in Adams County for the Buckeye Blast earlier this year. It was a lot of fun. They have a great facility. Um, we also do a lot of the same kind of training, and we do that specifically because we know that people who are serious about defending their rights and defending themselves and their family want to make sure that they understand all of the parameters that go along with that and have the practice and the skill set that they need to be able to deal with the situation and be able to do it cold because that's the way it's going to be. You, you don't have time to warm up before a situation is going to occur, and that's what we want to be able to prepare you to. Uh, be ready for. So if you'd like to get signed up for those classes, we now run those uh, every two months. We run the entire series. And if we need more classes, we'll be glad to add those as well. So it used to be we did them once a quarter. Uh, that wasn't enough. People wanted the classes uh, more frequently and more people wanted to take the classes than we could manage in that schedule. So we, we've compressed the schedule a little bit and had less time between classes so that people can more people can get through that entire series. If, if you're serious about using a firearm for self-defense and being prepared to do that, should that ever be forced upon you, come on down to Sim Trainer. Get signed up for our advanced handgun series. You can do that with the Training Pass Plus and include a one-year membership so that you can come back during our recreational shooting hours and practice some of the skills that you've learned. Outstanding opportunity. So... I couldn't agree more that 2019 is a great year to get some training in under your belt. If you've had a concealed handgun license since 2004, and that's the last time that you shot when you took your qualification course of fire for concealed carry, that isn't enough. That is, it's time to refresh those skills. You may even want to come back and take the concealed carry class again. And maybe that sounds a little self-serving, but quite frankly, there's a lot that's changed since 2004 in the law. And there are a lot of things that uh, were true then that haven't been true for some time. Some of them have just changed as recently as March of this year. So finding out what those are and how they affect you, it's a, it's a really good opportunity. I will say one other thing um, having to do with constitutional carry and related issues and, and especially required training. There is no longer any required training once you have your concealed handgun license in Ohio. Once you've had that license... The state doesn't require any sort of training or requalification. That doesn't mean it's not necessary. It just means that the state doesn't require it. If you ever had an Ohio concealed handgun license and you want to renew that, you can just take your license, fill out an application, pay the fees, and go to the sheriff's office and renew your license. I think that's a good thing. That's a step in the right direction. It's not quite the same as permitless carry, but it means that once you have been Passed through those wickets of training, you can go ahead and renew your license again. And we have sometimes people that come and take the class over. We, again, completely support that. Sometimes people already have a license. They just say, you know, it's been a while since I've had concealed carry, and I'd like to find out what some of the changes are. Excellent. Sometimes people come because they thought that with their expired license they couldn't renew. Um, that That is no longer the case. You can renew even on an expired license. You just go through the renewal application process 
and use your existing license or your expired license as the proof that you did at one time meet the training qualification. There have been some other changes. Uh, there's, there's a good summary of the changes, again, on the Buckeye Farms Association website, and you can read those. In fact, you can read all the, through the changes that have happened over the years. Uh, but if you'd like to get it all in one place, we'd be happy to offer that. And, again, we do have a concealed carry class next Saturday. So if you'd like to be part of that, just call the range at 293-3914 and get signed up for that. Or you can go to our website at sim-trainer.com and sign up online. There have been some uh, interesting things that have happened, and uh, some of it is are things that I picked up when I was at the NRA annual meeting. I attended the National Firearms Law Seminar, uh, which is uh, an annual thing that they've been doing now for 22 years. Uh, there are some some interesting cases that are pending, and one of them um, is the uh, the uh, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus the City of New York. Uh, City of New York has a, many strict requirements, including the fact that uh, you have to have been a resident. Well, this is New York State requirement that you have to be a resident for six months before you can even get a permit to possess your firearm on your own in your own property or just to have one um, in New York has to apply for a premises license to own a handgun. And then they restrict the number of places and what you can do with that legally owned firearm outside of concealed carry. So license holders are not allowed to transport handguns outside of city limits even if they have another home in uh, owned by the residents or they're going to a licensed shooting ranger competition without additional permission. And clearly that violates every tenant you could possibly imagine for uh, the Second Amendment protections. Uh, so six years ago, the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association filed a lawsuit and New York has been defending its rule for all of that time, saying it's necessary for public safety and now the Supreme Court has agreed to review the constitutionality of that regulation. Uh, so that is, that's a good, uh, good thing. They tried to rewrite the rules to say, okay, well, we're just, um, you know, we're going to uh, make these changes to the, the regulations, and therefore this case is moot, and we don't have to defend it at the Supreme Court. Uh, they didn't actually implement any of those changes, and even if they had, the, the changes that were in place at the, the or the Conditions that were in place at the time the lawsuit went forward means that they should still be heard. Uh, so uh, the the Supreme Court denied the state's request to delay. And so now the next really true Second Amendment uh, case is going to be before the Supreme Court. There's going to be an opening brief on May 7th and then uh, amicus briefs uh, in support on May 14th. So those are uh, those are written briefs. Um, I I don't know that they'll be heard this session. I suspect that they won't, uh, that there will be several other things that go on beyond that. But then uh, they have agreed to hear those cases, and that will probably be in the next session of the Supreme Court. So keep an eye out for the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus the city of New York case. I think that will be another landmark hearing in the Supreme Court. And I think that uh, there's, there's a very good possibility that some of the same kinds of changes that we've seen in policies in states across the country based on first the Heller decisions and then the McDonald decision, that I think those things will be, uh, that this case could have just as much an effect. Um, one of the other speakers at the, at the uh, 
National um, Annual Law Seminar uh, was Justice Stephen H. David from the Indiana Supreme Court. Excellent speaker. Um, I have he have he was uh, a king of the one-liners. Um, he was very uh, passionate about about the uh, the right to keep and bear arms and the constitutional provisions and the the need for. Uh, jurisprudence to follow the Constitution and to interpret the laws as written rather than making new laws. Um, he had several uh, really uh, key pieces of information that he wanted to uh, to share with. He said, be passionate, but don't become emotional. And I think that's something that gun owners sometimes run the risk of saying, you know, we're we're uh, we're so serious about this that sometimes we attack the people instead of the issues. And and I know that happens on the other side. We're constantly being attacked as individuals instead of addressing the questions and the issues related to concealed carry or to personal possession of firearms or to uh, whatever the issue is. And although our opponents will often attack us. We have to be careful to just deal with the issues and not try to attack back, but to address the issues, come armed with facts, and then address the questions as they are proposed. And, you know, that's exactly what Bruce was talking about when he was at the testimony and was asked many questions, and he could talk for a long time because he has the facts. You need to learn the facts, too. Have that information readily available on the tip of your tongue so that when there's something that's challenged, you can also make those cases and be ready to explain the right to keep and bear arms. We're going to take our last break. So if you'd like to be a part of the last few minutes of the show, give us a call at 457-1290. We'll get you up on the board. This is Mark Avery for Shooting from the Hip on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather and traffic, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hi, Pete Kasuja here in Old North Dayton, where my wife Shirley and I started our garden center in 1963. And now we have customers who come to us every year from Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. The reason for such loyalty is because they know that we have thousands of shade trees, fruit trees, weeping trees, dwarf trees, evergreens, and flowering shrubs, all ready to load. We also have 16 greenhouses where we grow thousands of bonsai trees and indoor plants and garden plants, berry and fruit plants, and don't forget our green mat grass seed. So today, mow in May. We're about a mile east of the Stanley Avenue exit on I-75, so come out to 1309 Brand Pike and be dazzled. The Dayton Gun Show returns to the Montgomery County Fairgrounds Event Center this weekend. Always on target with discount prices on everything you need for the shooting sports and self-defense. Saturday 9 to 5, Sunday 9 to 4, free parking. Children under 12, free with adult. Buy, sell, and trade at the Dayton Gun Show, Montgomery County Fairgrounds Event Center this weekend. Advanced tickets, admission coupon, and more info at cegunshows.com. That's cegunshows.com. See you there. Do you own an annuity? Some annuities can have catastrophic fees, risk of loss to principal, and very few benefits. Others can provide substantial bonuses, guaranteed growth, and guaranteed lifetime income. Shouldn't you find out what annuities are best for you? 
Call Rusty Miller for your complimentary retirement and income kit and annuity rate report at 844-912-7233. That's 844-912-SAFE. Call 844-912-7233. Savings are blooming this season during Cedar Hill Furniture's annual springtime sales event, your hometown destination for quality name brand furniture for less. Springtime savings event going on now. At Cedar Hill Furniture, you're gonna love the Fog and rain showers expected as we go into the afternoon, lasting into the evening. Highest totals expected towards the south of I-70. High temperature today, 63 degrees. Partly cloudy and eventually clearing as we go into the overnight hours. We could start off Sunday morning with some fog, then mostly sunny and a high near 70 degrees. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups. Depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to the show. I was uh, listening to that gem, and I was beginning to wonder if maybe we were just going to go out with that. It sounded good. Uh, All right. (laughs) Welcome back to the show. Glad that uh, you've joined us for these last few minutes. Uh, This is Mark Avery for Shooting from the Hip, and uh, there's a couple other things that Um, I wanted to mention before we run out of time. One of them is a bill that actually passed in the U.S. Congress. And we haven't heard a lot of things actually happening and coming to closure with the division in the U.S. Congress. Uh, There's been a lot of uh, nothing going on. Uh, Something will make it through the House, uh, often not something that we would support. And then it dies on its way to the Senate or something makes it through the Senate and dies in the House because uh, of the polarization in Washington these days. Uh, I think our founders would be really disappointed with uh, the way that people are not talking to each other and instead talking past each other. Uh, But there is a bill, uh, House Resolution 1222, which actually did pass uh, through the House. Uh, It was bipartisan legislation. It is called um, the Marksmanship Training Support Act, Target Practice and Marksmanship Training Support Act. And basically it will allow... Um, for the sustaining of hunting and recreational target shooting and benefit wildlife conservation. So this hasn't yet been signed in the Senate. There was companion legislation that was essentially the same. So that bill will go back over to the Senate and then uh, on to President Trump for his signature, which uh, there's every indication that he will, in fact, sign that bill. Um, the it, it allows a different use. We talked about it a little bit before. It allows for the funds from the Pittman-Robertson funds, Um, It's an excise tax that's paid by firearms and ammunition manufacturers and therefore by the people who buy firearms and ammunition and other outdoor gear. Uh, It's generated $12 billion since 1937, and it goes to funding wildlife conservation and safety uh, in all 50 states. And so uh, this is uh, a way of removing some of the barriers of the way that those funds can be allocated uh, and allow the, the states access to those funds with just a 10% match, allow states five fiscal years to acquire the land, the land for range construction or expansion projects. So this is a good thing. Uh, not a whole lot of good news, I think, sometimes coming out of actual getting things done in Washington. Uh, that's one that 
Uh, it's worth mentioning, and uh, we can we can say that you know every once in a while somebody up there is actually paying attention to what uh, people need and people want uh, in the uh, out here in flyover country. So I, I see I see that as a maybe a good news for things that could possibly happen going forward, as long as we keep it out of the media, as long as we don't let uh, let things get political, and in fact instead deal with the facts address the questions and deal with the issues that that is a that's kind of a win um, the the California synagogue attack I'm taking kind of a hard turn um, there's uh, some real interesting um, things that should come out of the lessons learned from why gun control isn't the answer uh, there there was a person who decided to go in and attempt mass murder and the immediate response is, well, we need universal background checks or we need to limit magazine capacity or ban assault weapons or, you know, we need a, a red flag law. And there have been there's been a lot of discussion this last week about uh, red flag laws. And I'll talk about that in a second. But the bottom line is all of those things were already in place in California and none of them stopped the bad guy from doing bad things. So instead of looking at. Uh, these kinds of we've got to change laws that restrict law-abiding citizens. We just need to recognize that there are people who aren't going to follow the law, and passing any other law isn't going to cause them to follow them more. We instead need to be prepared to deal with the situation and the fact that there were people who were willing to take action, one person who gave her life defending her rabbi, and other people who confronted the attacker and eventually the attacker just ran away and was was apprehended. Um, that that is people being willing and being equipped to stand up and do what's necessary at a particular time to stop bad things from happening. That's what's going to happen. Uh, that's what's going to happen uh, to uh, to cause them to end. Red flag laws. They're not going to do it. And that there's been some discussion this week. I think there's been some misrepresentation of what the governor's position has been and what he said about red flag laws. The bottom line is they are uh, the way most of them have been crafted. It is without due process and it just restricts the rights of people without any kind of court proceeding that allows them to defend themselves. I don't see that as a viable alternative. I recognize that if there are people who are dangerous, they need to be taken out and, and the society needs to be protected from them. Red flag laws don't do that. All it does is remove one type of equipment from them. If they're dangerous, they're going to be dangerous whether they have a gun or not. So it's, it's important, I think, to think these things through, make sure that due process is involved. This is something that we'll probably talk more about. Next week is our 10th anniversary show. I hope you'll be with us for that. I have no idea what kind of fun we're going to have, but I guarantee you that we'll have some fun with that show. So join us next week for our 10th anniversary of Shooting from the Hip on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.